0: Would you please join me. Well, I actually don't know who the winner is. I think I need to know the winner. Oh, it's Petraka! Christian Petraka!
1: Welcome to Little Birdie Podcast, a unique look into the world of sports betting from the eyes of professional gamblers. I'm your host, Scoot. I'm joined by the Kid MG Marcos. Morning, Nick. How are you? Mate, I'm going good. I'm not going good as Darcy. Darcy has flown north again. It's getting too cold for her. She's going on a little hit-and-run mission to the Gold Coast or Brisbane yet again. She just clocks them up. Yeah, no.
0: I, I don't know what kind of contract she's got with uh, little <laughs> birdie, but I'm uh, definitely putting in my request for next season um, to have uh, her schedule because uh, we're not even in the heart of winter yet, and uh, she's taking every second or third week off to go get some sun, so... Uh, too good to her. Exactly. And, uh, we'll whack away between the two of us, I guess.
1: Right. It was a it was a massive week of AFL betting. It just seems to it was like a round that sort of never finished. It was just on and on and on. And so much betting action. I guess we we're in the thick of it from. Uh, what was it? Friday through to Sunday. It still felt like a really long week, or maybe I've just had a really long week myself. But <laughs> it was a uh, it was a big finish in the Anzac Day clash. But I tell you what, what, what was it? Wasn't a roller coaster on that Saturday afternoon with the Brisbane Lions, the the injuries in that match, and you and I had just shoveled in as much as we could get on the Lions. And it was an absolute heart stopper. And even late in the game, it looked like Carlton were just going to do the impossible backdoor cover. It was just true grit from the Lions, wasn't it, on one leg? Yeah, it was uh, It was nervous times in the office
0: for sure. We got off to an ordinary start on Saturday. Uh, races weren't treating us too kindly either. <laughs> um, I don't think they treated anyone that well. It was There was a uh, the bloodbath for a lot yeah, of people. Yeah, we think the bookies didn't even bother counting it for the uh, for Saturday. <laughs> they had that much. Um, yeah, we had some ordinary results early on the Saturday and uh, just continued to try and dig our way out for the rest of the weekend. But, yeah, if the Brisbane
1: result had gone against us, uh, might have had to find a second job. Mm, and I was uh, pretty bullish on last week's show. I declared Essendon and they got me off off the hook because, yeah, Richmond was a bit of a nightmare and all of a sudden the Ds have announced themselves as a, a serious contender.
0: Yeah, got, uh, yeah, on the Richmond game I got completely wrong. Um, I, I thought Richmond would be right up for this game and really test Melbourne. We didn't kind of know where Melbourne were at, I guess, with the teams that they'd played coming in, uh, and thought Richmond would be cherry right for their two weeks against the undefeated teams. But um, you know, Melbourne were great after a quarter time. They were, they were probably that's that's probably some of the best football I've seen this year, mm-hmm. and in trying conditions as well, which should have suited Richmond in their history. They're great wet weather team. Um, they were awesome, and uh, yeah, Essendon for you too. Good, you uh, you went out to the game. You celebrated it from. <laughs> <laughs> Early on, so you didn't even wait for the result. You were roughing about and just that confident. Uh, sounds like you had a good day in the box uh, with a few little birdie uh, associates.
1: Mm, it was uh, it was a cracker. It- I just think, yeah, the, the media attention around Nathan Buckley is sort of at fever pitch at the moment. And I just think it's unnecessary. Like He's already put himself in to say that he's probably not going to be there next year and I just don't know why there's the witch hunt. I guess it's just an easy, lazy media story just to beat up on the pies and I guess it sells papers and all that sort of thing. But it's, I think it's unwarranted. They just haven't got the cattle.
0: Yeah, the biggest club in the land, they always attract the attention, whether it used to be Eddie Maguire or, or Buckley or any of their players that get into trouble. It's always heightened. And uh, the media, because it sells papers and it, you know, and it puts eyeballs on the screens as well. So they'll talk Buckley to death all year, unfortunately. Um, mm. and it probably won't matter whether he's winning or losing to a degree. I mean, they've got two easy games, I think, coming up. Well, not easy anymore with, um, Gold Coast showing signs of life last week. Uh, whether they can back it up at the G this, this week will be interesting, but Collingwood have got two winnable games. And uh, I'm sure
1: Buckley's just tightening down the screws So say we need to get these two on the board, I think. Mm, it's only round six, and the bloke probably needs a holiday. We're going to put a little graphic up on the screen. It's the little bookie wrap we've started to do. So round six, there was six of nine favourites. There was five of nine at the line, and then the overs went five and nine. And then for the season, the favourites are 38 and 54. The line's 29 and 54. And then the total overs, 28 and 45. So it's been... Um, yeah, it's been a, a bookies. Well, bookies have struggled, I think, on the weekend. And we'll we'll put up another graphic now, just back to back, and we'll have a look at the the hits and li- the hits and misses at the line, especially. So for round six, there was a couple of big, big moves, and yeah. so we had Western Bulldogs nine and a half to twenty two and a half, and that hit. The Bulldogs were really good late. They closed out. Wow, the other one that we got completely wrong was the Geelong line. Four and a half to 19 and a half, and that's got the cash. That is a massive, massive goal. That's probably another goal of the season, is it? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, couldn't uh, – you know, it's a bit on my back there. The, the research
0: couldn't really find out what was going on. Um, and generally when the line starts to move that, that far without injuries uh, to players, and we – you know, there wasn't any, um, you know, and the information kind of, I guess, come out after the fact – um, that West Coast had been locked up um, for the good 24 hours lead in. How much impact that had, I don't know, because you know, when you watch the replay and stuff, you know, they got to quarter, quarter time in front. Uh, they were definitely in the game, and they just, they just turned it up. Mm. Um, I think it was 16 goals to one uh, in quarters two and three, and for a side like Geelong that doesn't like to score great, numbers that was a uh, real poor performance so yeah the bookies uh bookies got
1: smashed on that one the puns were all over it mm, the Gold Coast line was eleven and a half to nine and a half the D's they were eleven and a half to five and a half and then Hawthorne they were five and a half to twelve and a half but uh, that was the only miss out of the five big goes and then well, the Essendon there was a little bit of a nibble for the for the Bombers as well it was seven and a half to four and a half and that hit but um Yeah, Yeah. it's interesting. You sort of sit and wait and obviously you've got your AFL Sting service and people are saying, you know, why are you tipping here and there? And I guess it's about trying to anticipate the market and you don't know what Everyone else is going to do in the market. So you need to go off your own ratings and then try and chime into the market when you think you've reached the pinnacle of it and you're not going to get it right every week on every market fluctuation. And then on some occasions you want to double down and triple down and, and yeah. press, which yeah. unfortunately uh, I did with the, the West Coast game. Yeah, I but then, you. Yeah. yeah so yeah, I
0: think, um, you know, the way Little Birdie's set up and the way we're, um, I guess, want to go about it for for the guys that view it and punt off information is, um, you know, if we think a market's off on the Sunday night into the Monday and we want to bet early because we think it's going to go our way, then we're going to set out early stings to those who subscribe Um, when we do the show midweek. Obviously, we we need content and we're going to give our advice up until that point. And also, we're going to give out late information over the, you know, Friday into the weekend as well. So, um, you know, I mean, that's for subscribers. That's what they subscribe for. They want the late information. Um, You know, things change. Uh, You know, unfortunately, we have to go before the teams when we video this show, Mm. um, but you can only play with the information that you've got at hand. It's the same with weather, so it's very hard to um, get involved in totals early. I like to play totals late, and I think the advantage is there. Um, You know, especially with, um, in my opinion, most of the bookies at joints move slowly and you can always pick some off that aren't watching the weather and don't move. And same with the lines with player information. So yeah, we're we're gonna be flexible like the market um, and and we do try and predict. And we just wanna get our, our subscribers the best value they can because at the end of the day, one or two that, that do move, and you get middle because you either bet early mm-hmm. or you bet late, and you miss the price. You know, might cost you the profit and loss at the end of the year.
1: Exactly, it's about doing the right thing as many times as possible, and taking the right price, and trying to uh, get that variance out of there. But um, it was an interesting one, which sort of leads us into sting of the tail. The AFL and the information around clubs and teams that are getting locked down. There was three of them that uh, were affected by this, you know, this COVID drama. So that's West Coast, Collingwood, and Kangaroos, and they've all got beaten.
0: Yeah, um, granted, two of them are outsiders. Mm. Um, uh, Obviously, the Kangaroos was was a lopsided match, but the West Coast started in the game. I think this opening line at the start of the week might have been six against Geelong. Um, Really drifted out. Um, You know, I just think um, you know, with the media having their own uh, channels and the radios all over it all the time, I don't understand why we're not more like American sports where it's open, where it's open. Mm. You know, and the NFL is a classic example to line with with the AFL that. All injuries and that uh, have to be told by the clubs. Um, team information, whether they're delayed by flights or anything like that, um, whether flu's gone through um, a team or anything like that, information's always um, forfeited by the clubs. In the AFL, it seems to be um, deflect, 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 and then when a team gets pumped like West Coast, then they want to come out and add it as part of the excuse. Now, you know, I, I, I don't think that's great for the game, the look, and you know, the punters are a big part of this sport,
1: um, and I, I just think they're a bit cheated with that uh, lack of information. Mm. The other one uh, that's been pretty well documented is the Adelaide Crows with their use of the sub, Tom Lynch. He was injured. <clears throat> it's just an absolute, it, it's a schoolboy error, isn't it? It's a, it's a very bizarre one.
0: Um, you know, and the footage looking back after the fact. Makes it worse for Adelaide. Adelaide mm. unfortunately, they're a bit like Collingwood. They seem to um, attract trouble in the last couple of years. Their rap sheet since 2018 is not good. Telling them fibs. Uh, it just hasn't improved. Listen, it was bizarre in its implementation when Lynch has been injured and struggling to play as they had a full list over. So why couldn't they choose another player would be the first one? Um, it was poor in its planning. And, you know, I just think after the game, it's absolute contempt for, um, you know, the justification to both the media and the fans. You know, to send your coach into the press conference, he knew he was gonna get asked about it, I guess, you know, over the week, because it was, he made it a topic, or the club made it a topic. Um, You know, instead of just putting your hand up, say, you know, we we chose the wrong path. We thought we were going to get away with it. We didn't know if we were going to have an injury, everything like that, um, you know. And I just think that uh, Matthew Nix has come out in a pretty ordinary light like this now that mm. you know he's basically lied. You know, there's no other way to do it. Lynch was injured. We saw all the all the cameras actually. You know, it took a long time, 15 minutes, and yeah. then then when you see the result, um, yeah, you he, know, yeah he, he's feeling. Well, I mean, we didn't have an invested interest in it, so I'm not speaking from the pocket here. That. When you lose by three points and something like that happen, it's just the little one percenters. Um, it's like kicking for goal.
1: Um, you've got to look back over it and may have cost them four points. Mm. Speaking of Adelaide, their goal kicking, um, I know it's a bit of a thorn in your side sometimes, but uh, the Crows, wow. Have you seen a start like that? Were they 15 and zip? Yeah. And, uh, no, they haven't seen that
0: before. That was their record. <laughs> um and this is unbelievable because Hawthorne were kicking very straight as well. Um, you know, we did say at one stage in the game, there were 27 goals, six behinds combined uh, into the third quarter, which is extraordinary um, considering they were, um, It was it, you know, it was windy, especially affected down one end. So, I was you know, you have to applaud the efforts of both teams. That was uh, crazy goal kicking. It was actually one of the better games so far I think we've watched this year. I know you are uh, cheering a bit harder than normal being your Hawks. Um, but, you know, that was a high-quality football uh, game, I think, and a couple of big forwards kicking some good snags. So it was a
1: good game to watch. And Nat Fife, 0-4. Uh, I think he needs to take a page out of uh, Harry Mackay's uh, snapbook. I think that's uh, maybe the only solution to his yips. Like, I can't – like, he's been doing it forever in a day, Nat Five, but he's just got to look to give the ball off. He, he's poisoned in front of goal.
0: Well, I'm not sure of the answer. Clearly, um, sending him back out after the match—the uh, was it the week before or two weeks before—to uh, do the goal kicking practice clearly <laughs> didn't work. Um, so you know they're going to have to try something else again. It must be frustrating him because you know he's he, he's an all-timer. Um, unfortunately, his goal kicking now is letting him down. He was zero four on the uh, weekend two weeks ago. I think he was zero six. So makes him one goal twelve on the season, and he's mm. missed his last eleven. Mm, so a lot of head noise. Either he needs to have a word to maybe someone like uh, you know Tex Walker or Harry McKay, or maybe even try his left foot. Might get <laughs> he one couldn't do him. any
1: worse on the left
0: foot. No, he certainly can't. <laughs> no.
1: oh, it's going to be a big show today. We're going to have a quick look at a review of Round 6. We're going to preview the best games for Round 7. We're going to talk to top rope Tadeshi. We're going to talk Hall of Fame. We're going to talk about NRL Round 8. Some cracking games this week, and we'll talk about lock of the week. I've got a spring in my step. I'm showing a clean pair of hills lock of the week. We're somewhere near getting to a decent balance for raise.org.au. But if you're betting this weekend, make sure you check out topsport.com.au. They are Australian-owned and have been in the game for over 30 years. Bet with a bookmaker you can trust. Bet with topsport.com.au. We'll be back and talk more AFL just after this break. Welcome back to Little Birdie Podcast, a unique look into the world of sports betting. I'm your host, Scoot. We've got MG here. Darcy is MIA. She's up in Queensland, and why wouldn't she be? Let's have a look at the results from last week, and we'll zip through the games. GWS versus the Western Bulldogs. It was an arm wrestle. I think the, what I've learned out of last week is most teams have learned how to be competitive or clog it up for at least a half of football or three quarters, but the good sides that have got functional forward lines seem to blow them away, and that's what the Western Bulldogs did in those dewy conditions, and Aaron Norton was on fire.
0: Yeah, they um, yeah. I, I just think what I took out of the game, exactly what you said, I just think the uh, the dogs, they, um, they just run harder for longer, um, and they probably knew they had the gear to go. Giants were unbelievably competitive. Um, they did lock them down. The Bulldogs kept them on a short leash. Um, but the Bulldogs put 57 points in the last quarter to win by 39, I think it was. So yeah, 6-0. Um, and they've got a
1: real good test against Richmond. They'll go in full of confidence this week, especially without Dusty. Mm. The other game uh, we'll talk about is Geelong and West Coast Eagles. It was competitive up until quarter time but I guess the big lesson for me is again that functional forward line all of a sudden you add a player like Jeremy Cameron, um, they start to look up the ground, they start to take more risks they've got a target. I'm a big believer in adding a key forward for structure and it takes pressure off other players. We've seen it in the past work for other sides but it's just changed the dynamic down at Geelong and I'm going to put my hand up, got it completely wrong and it absolutely smashed my Hit pocket too because I just kept backing the the plus and, until my nose bled. But it was it was crucial that West Coast got an early, like a good start early. Yeah, um, and after a quarter, yeah. we thought, oh, this is great. But the effort there was was very poor. But Jeremy Cameron's the spark that they needed. Yeah,
0: we ticked off the quarter time. We thought we we're in the game here. West Coast got off to a good start, which they need to do down Geelong. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how Geelong uh, back it up this week. They've got a game in in Sydney. Um. yeah, maybe Cameron is, is the answer. He kind of opens up the forward line. And their ball movement was a lot quicker. So um, maybe they've just switched gears because now, as you said, they've got a got the lot,
1: lot more options up there. So we'll see how they progress this week. Gold Coast versus Sydney, not a game that I saw much of. But I tell you what, we're, we're starting to get Sydney right all of a sudden. The last couple of weeks we've been against them or on the plus. Yeah. They should have, well, the Essendon game, we got that completely right. But it looks like they've, they've been figured out. And they're just not as potent as they used to be. Yeah, I think they're uh, the the charts definitely heading down for
0: Sydney. Um, and again, they've got a, they're at home this week. But they've got a, a, a test, obviously Geelong off, um, big win over West Coast. So yeah, I'm not sure where Sydney are at now. Um, you know, and well, I guess we'll learn more as it goes on. But they look like they're on a decline.
1: Mm, and they were, I think they were into like $13 at Top Spot last week, and now they've ballooned back out to 31. So. It's yeah. not just us that uh, are completely off the Swans. Now, Carlton Brisbane, uh, it, it was sort of now or never for Carlton to beat Brisbane, who were on lo- one leg. We already spoke about it earlier. Harry McKay was beasting, and the way he goes about it, I, I'm a little the bit- Snapologist. Yeah, the snapologist. I'm very critical, and I, I can't believe that he's like deep in the hunt for the Coleman, but are they just one power forward away, or have they got, they got bigger problems? They seem very hesitant in their ball for like the ball use going forward, and that for me is their biggest concern.
0: Yeah, they're, miss, they're missing a few. Um, you know, I mean, I think still half their forward line is out. I know Jar- Charlie Cameron's, uh, Jar- Charlie Kurno, sorry, he's been out for a while. Um, but he, you know, when he's up and going, and what we've seen in his past, he's very good. Um, McGovern's just come back, and then you throw Harry McKay. If they have those three um whether you think eddie betts is in their best or not they've got jack martin who definitely is and he's not there at the moment so you know a bit maybe like geelong if they can get um kerno back which is up and about running so maybe around the buys or something like that it's a long time to wait this season i think will be over by then mm. uh, they've got more problems than that though their ball movement their structure but yeah may, maybe kerno back in the side jack martin might change their fortunes around but um right now we're just going to keep opposing carlton i think they're overrated and. Um, You know, we just keep filling
1: our pockets on them. Essendon next, and then they've got the Doggies and the Deeds. It's a treacherous three weeks for uh, for Carlton. Nothing – they can't really afford any slip-ups there. No, that's why. I think
0: just with their record, where they're at, um, they do have some injuries. Um, You know, the heat's definitely going on uh, their coach now, and I think uh, Teague's lucky that Buckley's taken most of the heat in the coaching
1: ranks at the moment. Melbourne-Richmond, we've put our hands up. we got it wrong. I, what I didn't like out of the Melbourne-Richmond game was Cozzy Pickett and his argy-bargy, you know. What's the saying? I think it's like one one swallow doesn't make a summer. They've only just knocked off Richmond, or they've I've put them to the sword, really. They absolutely destroyed them, in all honesty, the Ds. But I didn't like the push and shove after the Cozzy Pickett goal. For me, it's just like, well, guys, you've won one game in regular season. It's in April. And these guys are, what, three-time premiership team. They're going to come back and they're going to give you double barrels next time you see them. And I I don't think it's a smart move from the Ds. I thought they should have just gone about their win more workmanlike. I don't think you want to pick a fight against someone like the Tigers. Yeah, true. Two takes on it. Um, I like the aggression personally. Okay,
0: um, Just growing up in the ranks, didn't mind a bit of uh, bit of physicality of the game. Um, i I'd probably prefer to see it um, when the heat's on in a game, like in the first quarter, mm. um, not when you've won the game. Out, yeah. Um out, I think that was probably the timing was more. But listen, these are two young players going at it, um, and they, you don't know what was in the lead up. It was a pretty strong um, contest at the time, and uh, Pickett decided to lay down. So um, I don't mind it. Yes, Richmond will definitely note it. Um, but they will only meet him in the finals, you know, if their paths cross um, at any stage. So I don't mind it from Melbourne. I I think, you know, they've got to show some uh, physicality both to themselves, the rest of the comp and their fans that they're in this, uh, you know, up to their eyeballs. And um, listen, if it's going to take a young player to lead it at 19, um, it comes from a pretty tough family. Remember Byron Pickett used to uh, throw down uh, for North (laughs) Melbourne and Port. So um, personally, I like it. You didn't like it. It may come back to haunt them.
1: Um, But I don't mind Melbourne showing uh, a bit of physicality against uh, the Premiers. One of the highlights for me was early in the third quarter, and I think this is when the game was put to bed, despite what the commentators try and talk him into, was the one-two handball from Petrarca running down the far wing to set up that goal. He looked like a Ferrari just going through his gears and he just burnt a lot of players. For a bloke that's got a frame such as him, like – he's starting to get into some real rare air. The twi- the this new version of Chris and Petrarca 2021. He's fitter and fiercer and leaner and meaner than ever before. He's just so quick as well and strong.
0: I think he's building. Last year he was he came third in the brown line yeah. so you know he wasn't uh, shy back then, but his power is enormous. He's um you know, he's probably not the same body type as Dangerfield, but his breakaway speed uh, was great, and that passage of play just highlights uh, what he's about: their hunger, um, his leadership, um, and that's one of the that's one of the better games
1: you'll see against the premiers. Uh, you know, all season he's a beast. Mm, and the heats now on Richmond. They've got a couple of really tough games. They have got the Bulldogs and the Cats next two starts. We're going to learn a lot about the Tigers' resolve. Yeah, it changes quickly. Listen, I was up and about on Richmond last week
0: against Melbourne. I I, I thought they uh, might have really come to play and send a message. Now all of a sudden the heat does go on a bit. They're uh, evenly poised at 3-3, three and three, which I know no one worries about and stuff. All of a sudden now they've got the 6-0 and Bulldogs into uh, Geelong who may or may not have turned the corner after the weekend. So, um, yeah, you'll know a bit more where Richmond, they don't want to be sitting 3-5, and five, um, you know, going into the uh, towards the buys and stuff. like That makes the top four very hard. They can win it from outside
1: the top four, but mm. they don't want to drop uh, all three games to the top sides. Yeah, and now Dusty is out with concussion, and he's going over to New Zealand, so he's in the la- in the hands of the gods there. Anything is possible. I
0: wouldn't want to lose him for an uh, extended period if COVID changes.
1: Yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, you're rolling the dice there for sure. Fremantle, they've had a pretty soft draw. I, I think the ju- the jury's still out for me with Fremantle. I'm I'm not sure where they're at. Yeah,
0: they're they're playing very ordinary sides at the moment. They're getting the job done. Um, this week this week will be a bit more of a test, I guess, against West Coast. Um. The, uh, the Derby, I think West Coast have won 10 straight against them head-to-head. So, um, you know, and they, they get West Coast at a good time
1: um, off of shellacking. So we'll learn more on Freeman will come Sunday afternoon. Hawthorne's found a forward in uh, Kazitsky. He showed that form pre-season, but all of a sudden he's done it in a game. But I did like the move. Obviously, Alistair Clarkson's a, a listener or, or watching the show. Tim O'Brien's gone back, and I think he looks much more comfortable there might be the Texas you constantly
0: send him as well. Poor <laughs> Clarko. He's just going, who is this bloke? Um, yeah, you, uh, you gave it to Tim O'Brien the week before. Um, unfortunately, he's a friend of Darcy. She hasn't coped well since. Um, but, yeah, he, listen, he moved back, and if their forwards are going to play like that, Cosie was unbelievable. Um, and also Gunson, I, I see, see's back on the track, and he might not be too far away. So O'Brien might find himself permanently down the back, and he looked like he handled himself okay. So... Um, yeah, it might have been a coach's move, uh, assistant coach move by Nico
1: there. <laughs> Collingwood and Essendon, I think Essendon need to really claim the scalp of Carlton before we can take them seriously. But mm. they're showing something. Is Carlton a scalp? Uh, probably not. Probably not. Um, listen, it, it, you know, it'll be
0: a um, big crowd again at the G, backing up after the Anzac Day is uh, probably a little tough. Um but, yeah, are Essend- showing signs, aren't they? They're, you know, they were real keen on them on the weekend. They got the job done. There's no need to jump off them this week either. Um, they'll be, they'll, they'll consider themselves red-hot crack to beat Carlton. Um, and
1: they've got better form line going in, um, and they'll give Carlton all they can handle this week for sure. Mm. And Port Adelaide keep getting the job done against St Kilda. Saints are in free fall, really. Their season's done. Yeah, there was a mismatch there in class. Um, Port at home just got the job done.
0: Um, you know, they're, they're definitely tracking the top, top two, top four port. And we don't know where St Kilda are at. Um, not sure if last year was just an aberration because um, they're in disarray at the moment.
1: Mm. All right. We're going to take a break. But uh, Mark's analysis is available for $99 for the six-week stretch. It's time to resubscribe if you want AFL Stings. And we've also got a special on at the moment, $299 for Mark's full set for the end of the year and that'll include the bonus run of finals. We'll take a quick break and then we'll start to preview round seven. Welcome back to Little Birdie Podcast. I'm your host, Scoot, joined by MG. Darcy is in Queensland. God bless her. Let's talk round seven this week, and we've got an absolute blockbuster here. We've got Richmond versus the Western Bulldogs at the MCG Friday night. Mark is still howling that it's not a Thursday game. He wants double blockbuster, and I can't blame him. Why would you give NRL the free kick and just keep giving them a you know a, a free passage into Thursday night football? Yeah, come on, Gil. Hey.
0: Yeah, don't. We spoke about this last week. pbl has got one over you in the NRL. Um, I'm not sure why the, why they just don't revert back to it. You know, um, they've got
1: sure the, that, they've got the flexi draw, so surely.
0: Yeah, and the TV ratings would be crying out for the Thursday night game. I don't understand the. Uh, yeah, it can't just be the kids going back to school. These games will get the people through the doors. We've got restricted crowds anyway, so. May as well get the TV ratings up.
1: Right, you've got Lego Masters on at 7.30 till yeah. 9 o'clock. Like the kids are already up. They're accustomed to yeah. staying up late. It's uh, That's another big problem in my house. But uh, let's have a look <laughs> at the odds courtesy of topsport.com.au. We've got the Western Bulldogs, 152, Richmond, 250, and the line is 11.5, and there's been a little nibble for the Tiggers at the 11.5 into $1.85 at Topsport. Wow. How many times do you get to see Richmond plus 11.5 on their home dung MCG? Crazy. Yeah, I
0: don't think in the last four years you would have seen that for sure um yeah i'm not sure on this game at the moment in terms of which way the market will go um I th- you know it, the martin Lambert loss is a massive factor for richmond uh considering you're going in against this all-conquering bulldog midfield mm. um i think there'll be money i, I think the market will actually hold because i think there'll be equal money, money I think both ways. people will look at richmond and go geez 250 around the the, the plus 10 to plus 12 is a b- big price and I, I expect richmond to bounce back Um, But then there'll be the other people that say the Bulldogs are up and about Mm. um, and and maybe the Bulldogs are just going better and they'll do what Melbourne did to Richmond last week as well. So this will be a cracking betting match um, and I'm just going to wait and see. I I don't think it's a betting match for myself personally, Mm. but geez, I'm looking forward to watching it.
1: Josh Dunkley out, but they've got so many players in the twos. Their twos are just whipping sides. Jamara, my favourite, uh, my favourite boys just kicked the lazy five, but they've got lots of ammunition to replace these injuries with the Bulldogs, yeah, don't think, they? And they're up and about.
0: Yeah, Dunkley's not the biggest loss for the week. It's mm-hmm. uh, losing their ruckman English or their forward slash ruckman now, because um, that would have tested Richmond, and that's where um, you know Melbourne kind of tested Richmond a bit last week. Um, so I think English is a bigger loss than Dunkley personally. But, you know, they've got equal injuries out. I just think the form line at the moment shades the Bulldogs. But I think the market's about right. I think it'll be a cracking betting match and uh, looking forward to watching it.
1: There's some absolute King Kong battles here. And the next one we're going to talk about is Brisbane Lions versus Port Adelaide Saturday night at the Gabatoire Got the market here. Odds courtesy of topsport.com.au. Port Adelaide a favourite, 174. Brisbane Lions, 210. The Lions, 4.5. The total's 154.5. Thoughts here, M.G.? I, I like one side, you do severely here,
0: yes, uh, they're they're becoming your team I've, I've noticed over the last <laughs> couple of weeks. Um, listen, there's many ingredients going into this match. Um, again, this will be a cracker on Saturday night. Um, one of the major ingredients, I think, is a weather watch mm. for this game. Uh, there's a lot of rain forecast over a couple of days in Brisbane. Um, it'll be interesting to see this is definitely a watch on the total as well. Uh, either way, whether the rain does hit, the total will move south. Um and if it doesn't come, then look for it to be an overs match as well. So that's another aspect to watch. Listen, Brisbane obviously lose Neil, whether they can get Berry back to replace him. Um, you know, but I just think uh I think Port, if you're gonna have a bet in this game, I think Port's Port's the pro, uh, the right price to bet at, minus four and a half. I know they're away from home. Just think their form's running uh, a bit better and uh, it might take a week or two for Brisbane just to um, cover the loss of Neil um, because he's in so much of their their structural setups mm. so yeah I'm uh, you know I know you're keen on port
1: uh, definitely at the four and a half uh, if I was betting I- I'm, I'm taking that way yeah I think Port are gonna keep a closer guard on the cluggage and Zorko they just ripped the Blues apart and left them Relatively unchecked. There were the two people that had to stop once Neil was down, or a little bit wounded. But just reading between the lines of Fagan, he's whinging about how long the quarters go for. Is there more players that are, you know, getting a jab to get through the games? Like they could be carrying a, a few more niggles than than everyone knows. Um, yeah, I mean, well, I
0: mean, it's football, so people are never going to be hundred percent. Players week to week are going to have different knocks on their body. Um, they're paid to. To get up there, they're looked after well by the medicos. Um, You know, so everyone's going to be carrying Listen, this, again, I think it's a media beat up with the stories on the quarters and stuff like that. We've been playing 20-minute-plus time on quarters for... Forever and a day. 150 years. Um, And these athletes are the most finely tuned as years go on as they've ever been. And to whinge and moan about an extra two minutes... um, you know, it's it's just not even a story. And I don't, you know, I, I found it strange for for Brisbane coach the other day on your show three hundred and sixty um, to get on and say <laughs> I you can't know, watch it. They're copying injuries because we're now playing twenty minute quarters and not eighteen. Um, you know, I mean, I I, I I watch all the games and I watch the replays, and you know, and I'm sure the uh, the coaches have this information that very few, if any, players are getting injured in that extra two minutes. Of what it be and the fatigue factor. I mean, are these guys fit and willing to play? These are some of the fittest we've got in the country Mm. and they can't
1: run out 20-minute quarters. I don't understand it. Yeah, the kneel injury was just a freak injury. So I think he's clutching at straws. But yeah, my read is there's probably a couple of players at Brisbane Lions under clouds and they sort of might be looking for a bit of a breather. They've had a you know, they've had a tough draw and I think Port Adelaide are probably better the week for mine. I think they're ready to go. They're fresh. They've had an easier time for it. And I think, yeah, Zorko and McCluggage, if you can stop those, you'll go a long way to beating the Lions. And as, as we said earlier, like Carlton nearly did a backdoor cover and they weren't that impressive at all. The next game we're going to talk about here is Geelong versus Sydney Swans at the SCG also on Saturday night. It's a bit of a bugger that uh, they've scheduled these side-by-side, side, these ones, but a uh, little bit of a market move since we recorded the show here. The Cats 155 into 147, Sydney uh, 255 out to 270, and the line is now 12 and a half thoughts here mg it's changed
0: a lot i was looking back over the prices (laughs) two weeks ago sydney were favorites in this game wow um you know it's you know it's it's crazy how quickly sometimes it changes that's why you've got to be fluid and flexible in this game um you know uh sydney are in free fall at the moment uh their chart of how they won their early games and if you if you track each game down and you put them on a chart they're in free fall at the moment um and who knows where they bottom out unfortunately geelong look like they're tracking in the other direction Mm. um you know sydney obviously at home um you know that that's their advantage but uh yeah as i said sydney two weeks ago when they put up prices were were slight favorites geelong went to six after the weekend um and you know we went out early on this market because uh you know i could only see it moving one way it's already uh climbed through to nine eleven now we're at 12 um i forecast about 15 whether it gets there or not but it's a solid move for geelong and um you know, I, I think they're nearly my best of the week.
1: Mm, confident for unit play from the AFL Stings. And I'd probably say that they're the other bet in a really, really tough week of, uh, of AFL betting this week. I think Port and Geelong are the ways to go. I've already invested in Geelong myself. I think it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be really tough work for the Swans to come back. And if, yeah, the Cats just continue with their aggression and wanting to push forward and use Cameron, I think that's going to be the key to them. Now West Coast, Fremantle, we've got the Derby here and this is uh, the market starting to move for Fremantle as well, which is a little bit of a surprise. It's 161 to $1.66. This is Sunday afternoon, it's a cracker. It's in that 4.40 time slot. I sort of love that. Uh, They've always fixed it on the late Sunday Arvo game. That's a really good uh, spectacle this in historic terms, but 166 West Coast and Fremantle, 230 into 225. And we've got the line there, six and a half into five and a half at topsport.com.au. We'll learn a lot about the Dockers this week. And for West Coast, they've copped an absolute roast from their coach in the public domain, and he's looking for a big response. That's the only reason he'd go out and pot them publicly, wouldn't it be? Yeah, I think he knows what's coming up.
0: Um, he's probably getting them switched on and ready to go for the Derby, as the uh, Western derby. Australians call it. You're, you're a Derby man. <laughs> uh, for Perth people who will be watching the Derby. Uh, listen, it always carries great consequences. It's um, considered a final for these two top sides over there. And where they're both at at the moment, um, I, I think uh, it's, a, a, it's it will be played like a final, more so where, where sides are positioned. West Coast coming off a hammering. Uh and Frio have got their tails up, they've beaten some weak sides, but yeah, it'd be a good test for both. Um got some injury concerns. We'll just see how the teams shake out for now. Um, and that's part of the reason if Kennedy and or Hearn don't come up for West Coast, mm. that's part of the reason why you'll get you'll see Frio supported. Um and if one or either don't come up, you you might even see Frio get to about pick them in this game, which will be will look a good price for West Coast. Um mm. so I think if you like Frio, you probably want to bet early. Um, and if you like West Coast, just maybe see how the teams come out, but you, you might see better prices as the week pushes on.
1: Mm. I'm happy to keep my powder dry there and hopefully uh, I don't do something I'll regret chasing later in the weekend. But uh, I think it's definitely a round to treat with caution. But if you want Mark to help you, make sure you check out Little Birdie Shop and purchase AFL Stings. Let's have a look at uh, Buy, Hold and Sell. And this is the futures markets and you've done a pretty good job of the futures at the moment. You're all over Western Bulldogs early in the year. You've tipped them up at $13 to win the flag and they have been the mover. You've done really well with your top eight bets and it's only really the crows that have shown you up at this stage. But uh, let's go through the premiership market here, and uh, it looks a bit stagnant for mine, with the exception of one or two sides. We've got Richmond Tigers four eighty, Western Bulldogs five dollars, Port Adelaide five fifty, Melbourne Demons six fifty, Geelong seven fifty, Brisbane twelve dollars, West Coast twelve dollars, and Sydney, as we mentioned before, ballooned out from thirteen to thirty one dollars. What are your thoughts here, Mark?
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I think this week, you're kind of just looking through the market. If you hadn't had a bet and you were looking to get involved, um, you know, I think there's, you know, the seven chances in the betting are kind of sorting themselves out, and they're mm. they're kind of just shaking around. I, I actually think if you're looking at the market fresh into this week, um, I, I don't think Richmond should be favourites, and I think, um, you know, I think uh, I understand why they're keeping them short because of recent history. Uh, right now, just with their two weeks that they've got coming up, um, Bulldogs and Geelong. Uh, I think around that $5 mark, they're a little short compared to the next three in the betting. Mm. I just think with the Melbourne Bulldogs and the Port um, going as well as they are right now, they, you know could shift if Richmond don't win at least one of the next two games. Um, Brisbane and West Coast have obviously got some injuries at the moment, um, so they're more bottoming out on those top seven and then there's a big gap to the rest. So um, I, I think the good sides are just... You know, what, what we saw pre-season, I don't think too much has
1: changed. Mm, so, uh it's definitely a wait and see for mine. But yeah, the next couple of weeks we'll sort things out. I'm happy to just sit on the Western Bulldogs preseason ticket for now. Let's look at the brown low metal market. Interesting market here. We've got Dustin Martin five forty, Christian Petrarca five fifty, dollars seven twenty five, Jackson McRae eleven dollars, Boat twelve, and then you've got Maxi Gorn Nat five, Tom Mitchell all on seventeen dollars, and you can get eighteen or better. The rest. What are you thinking, Mark? I don't think too much has changed at
0: the moment. I feel like a bit like uh, Top Rope with his uh, analysis of Melbourne Storm year to year, Um, just copy and paste. Um, Yeah, I don't think anything changed from last week. I think uh, I'm quite happy just to play around uh, the two Melbourne leaders and the two Bulldogs leaders at the moment. Um, They seem to be alternating, getting best on grounds. Petrarca was in awesome form on the weekend, which we've already discussed. Um, And I think the Bulldogs, obviously McRae, look like he might, might go close to the three votes as well. Um, I just think at the moment they're obviously winning 6-0, and they seem to be getting a lot of the votes, um, a lot of the teams behind them are starting to lose, you know, key, key players, uh, Dangerfield's obviously lost a couple of weeks ago and then we lost Neil, um, so, you know, I, I'm just going to keep playing around those guys at the moment, I'm happy with a ticket on Petrarca, um, you know, one, I did get mentioned from a few people during the week that they asked about Ollie Wines from Port um obviously with port going really well and uh he was around that 67 81 last week and then mm. went out and got possibly close to a best on ground on the weekend now he's into about 34 or 41 so he might be the value um he's definitely in around that probably top six or seven in the piling at the moment so if you like an each way ticket um i'd be backing him over monday at around the same price at the moment
1: Mm. Looks like uh, Harry McKay is the favourite in the Coleman, and then uh, Texy Walker.
0: Kind, I thought you'd build this up a bit better. <laughs> you know, we, we wanted to get a bell in for a bit of a prop this week. That uh, there's a new favourite in the in the Coleman betting. We've uh, we've kind of hung tough on uh, laying Tex Walker for a couple of weeks now. Um, you know, and they're equal or McKay's now, uh, or McKay. Sorry, is now the new favourite. Um, he's still three behind, but his recent form. Uh, and obviously he's he's a bit more one man out, and he seems to be you know kicking a lot of snaps, doesn't he? He doesn't like doesn't like the uh, the straight drop punt, but it's a it's an open field. The Coleman Medal, I think it'll change as you go on. I'm not interested in, in betting on it myself, but um, yeah, I'd be still selling the the
1: two favourites. I think they're too short. Mm-hmm. Harry dollars three fifty with Top Sport, Taylor Walker three eighty, Jackery Watt six dollars, Tom Lynch eight dollars, Charlie Dixon nine. Josh J. Kennedy, $9.50, and Jack Darling, $13. Yeah, I may expect Charlie Dixon at that price, but uh, Jason Dunstall will eat his hat if Harry Mackay wins the Coleman medal, and that would be a sight to see, watching someone just snap their way into a Coleman. <laughs> that would give me a bit of a chuckle. Now, that's our uh, that's our wrap-up of the AFL action. As we said, make sure you check out Mark stuff in the shop if you want him to guide you through this treacherous round coming up of Round 7 AFL. If you're doing a form for the Gallops, a big sponsor of ours is punningform.com.au. You can get raw data, you can build your own model, you can use their database and keep all your black books in one area. It lives in the cloud, so you can't delete it, you can't lose it, you can have a complete meltdown on your home computer, but all your information is safe there. So make sure you support the people that support us with punningform.com.au. We're going to take a break, and up next, we'll talk to top Rope Tedeshi, and we'll talk all the phone. Welcome back to Little Birdie Podcast, a unique look into the world of sports betting from the eyes of professional gamblers. I'm your host, Scoot. I've got MG here, Darcy's MIA. And it's time to talk Hall of Fame with our favourite Top Rope Tadeshi. Welcome back to the show, Top Rope.
2: Boys, it is wonderful to be back. We are up and about. How uh, good is good is gambling right now? What an <laughs> absolute bit different. The bounce back is on. We are up and about. Let's roll.
1: Yeah, a little birdie tells me you're at Randwick last week uh, on the beers with uh, PVL. Did you run into the great man?
2: Didn't run into the great man. Sadly, unfortunately, no one, no one in New South Wales, Australia, possibly the world, operates in the same sphere as PVL, impossible to pull back. But I uh, uh, was just happy to breathing in the same air as the great man. It was, uh, <laughs> yeah, he put on another wonderful day and a spectacular day racing before a couple of spectacular games of rugby league. So PVL running the state.
1: He's got it on a string. Maybe he's uh, due for a Hall of Fame nomination or maybe he'll save that until he signs that beautiful T-shirt in the background <laughs> there, top rope. Last week we had Kerry Packer, Moses and By. Cam Munster, Juppie, Anthony Seabold, these are all names in the Little Birdie Hall of Fame because they've done something sensational for the punt. MG, you, all, you keep throwing people up and uh, Tedeshi just keeps swatting them away at light flies. Who's your nomination for the Hall of Fame this week, MG? I've done a lot of research this week, so I've gone <laughs> back
0: uh, through Tedeschi's, uh scribes and I'm actually going to throw in the whole Melbourne Storm team. <laughs> Uh, now, I want this nomination taken seriously. If it doesn't get him <laughs> this week, I understand. But at some stage during the season, gotta Melbourne Storm's got to get in because you can just bet them. sit back on the couch, have a beer, slice a pizza, and just watch this team perform. Week in, week out, they money. are money. So my my suggestion is just even with even without the Pappenhausen, put the whole Storm <laughs> in. Well, you know what,
2: M.G., what the nomination I was finding with, there were... Uh, uh, there was a couple. The first one was going even wider than a team. I was going to uh, nominate the entire state of Colorado uh, after uh, it was reported by uh, David Payne third at ESPN that uh, in March, $8.8 million was bet on table tennis at Colorado Sportsbooks. That's more than MMA and golf combined. So kudos to the, the dedication <laughs> to table tennis, has been shown to be a complete and of wrought. Colorado, and of course, Colorado was the first state to legalise marijuana. I'm not saying there's a correlation, but <laughs> do what you will with that. Uh, the, the, the other one I was keen on was uh, Nathan Cleary. Of course, one of our best bets last year. 16 and 16.5, slotted a conversion from the sideline to to send it to 18 points, which was uh, delightful for those who were on. But you know what? MG's been trying so hard to get a Hall of Famer in. We do love the storm here. There is absolutely no doubt And we are going to create history here, kid. We are going to create history. Cameron Munster will now be in the Hall of Fame twice. Our first first person to be in the Hall of Fame twice. So the Melbourne Storm, get him in there. Cameron Munster, now top of that Hall of Fame, he's in there twice.
1: Oh, I'm surprised I didn't bump into him on Sunday night after Anzac Day. I went full <laughs> West Coast and I celebrated the Bombers' uh, win on Sunday. But I was, uh, I would have been nominating Lockie Neal. But I think Melbourne Storm—they are an absolute lock every week, aren't they? They just, you just—they are money. And Top Bro's been saying it for two years since this show started. He declared them for the premiership. Home they go. Declared them for all the finals bets, and pretty much every week you can just. Uh, you can just kill. Yeah. I know, I
0: mean Penrith are going unbelievable as well, so you can't uh, you know yeah. dispute their favouritism as the Longevity but storm. I tell you what. They're an easy cheer, aren't they? They're gonna give you, you, a good you, run, win, you a good run. You don't win, 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 win premierships in
2: April. And That's the true. storm the storm will time it just right. So uh, they did, they I, just I, keep, I think they, I think the, the storm should really be favourite for the premiership right now, despite Penrith
0: being under They just keep finding players, don't they? It doesn't matter who goes down. Uh, um, they, they just keep finding really high level players that just slot into their system. Um, that, and
2: Bellamy could dead set Put us in there And we could <laughs> and, we, and, and the Stormer Still hit winning games We get us <laughs> three In the back room We'd still do alright he, 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 he gives you a, He gives you One or two roles or You just go and do it Because like A lot of these players like, they're, they're not recruiting Superstars They are recruiting Solid players Who just Can do a job And they do a job At an exceptionally high level They find these young players Like Pappenhausen And, and Adok you know, Pinch from Juniors Other clubs mm. Uh, they also five players like a Brenko Lee or a Dale Finicane. Especially if the dogs still at Dale Finicane. It's exactly what we need a hard nosed middle. What do we got? We've got Dylan Martha, absolute grubs. And all of a sudden, Dale Finicane's <laughs> out there winning a premature Melbourne. Yeah, he's the best, fellow He's the best.
1: Love it too, good. And someone else who is also flying off the back of, uh, you should have nearly got a Hall of Fame nomination top rope. You were standing down the barrel of an absolute shellacking the week before, but you've turned it around. You you put out 10.5 units, some uh, balls of steel bets, as John Walter would say. You smashed into the minuses again, and you got a 5.78-unit return, 55% pot, if you don't mind, for last week, and you're still winning at uh, 766 uh, percent pot on a big turnover 117 units just sitting at uh, 8.96 profit there so well done it's uh, it's never easy off the back of a shellacking to uh, put the mouth guard in and get back out there but you are on fire make sure you check out ggoa in the little birdie shop and get around top Rope. we're going to take a little bit of a break and we're going to start to get serious in our nrl chat and we're going to go through this week's round eight action Welcome to a Little Birdie Podcast, a unique look into the world of sports betting from the eyes of professional punters. I'm your host, Scoot. I've got MG, and it's top rope time, and it's time to talk NRL. And top rope from the top, 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 I'm going to talk about South's top man, Adam Reynolds. And I'll tell you what, in AFL world, there's a bloke called Adam Trelaw who's jumped ship, or Collingwood to let him go, and he's going off, and he's absolutely killing him for the Western Bulldogs. And I just fear for a team like South Sydney, who won't commit to someone like Adam Reynolds... If this was in AFL circles and South were going to let Adam Reynolds go, it would be up in arms and it'd be the biggest story, and they would just never, ever let it go. I can't believe South are going to let Adam Reynolds go.
2: Yeah, two sides of the coin in this one. Uh, he's a great player overall. He's one of the best halfbacks in the club. Absolutely love him as a player. He's accepted a Sydney boy. It's in demand through and through. I think it's actually, I would say, a smart move from South. But it's a move that's got to be respected, right? Like, they are a team who have built a strong site, and this is their second, this is their run. They bounced it real quickly after a premiership in 2014. They had a very small kind of runabouts, of with barely sort of, didn't say miss the finals. And now they're back running right premiership contentionally, and they've built another side. They are probably the best club in the competition at salary cap management. They've got some big names they've got to re sign. Uh, so, Damian Cook, Cody Walker, they've got to re sign. I actually have no problem with that. It's long forgotten, but Adam Reynolds got into first grade because they did exactly the same thing with Ben Sander. We got a big money deal. He was Mm -hmm. going okay. He came through, but he was yeah pretty mercurial. But he was a a a, a pretty good player. They said we're going to let you go. We've got this kid coming through, Adam Reynolds. Reynolds took him to a premiership, uh, and has been an absolute superstar for them. Well, they've got a couple of young kids, probably led by a youngster called Blake Taft. I think they're just going to do the same. They're just going to invest in in in, in their kid. They're going to keep Benji as a backup you got Cody Walker there. I, I, yeah, I, I kind of respect what they're doing. Like, it, it'll be a tough pill to swallow, but you can't keep everyone. And, and I think if you're going to let one of Mitchell, Walker, uh, Cook or Reynolds go, I think Reynolds is the most replaceable. So I, I actually don't
1: mind it. Uh, it's just a different gravy, isn't it, Mark, with AFL? It seems like club loyalty and the way that's sort of spoken about in AFL so- circles. It just doesn't marry up to the NRL. The NRL seem more forgiving of players jumping ship, and it's almost encouraged.
0: Yeah, it is. Uh, I think AFL start uh, seems to be going that way in the you know the last five to ten years. Mm. Um, but definitely before that, of what I know of uh, rugby league, is the AFL loyalty was a bit higher. But it's just the culture of it, I guess. Mm. The fox is the, the, the
2: NRL definitely doesn't live in the, the fairyland that AFL uh, <laughs> did once upon a time, where it was okay <laughs> to treat players like slaves and, and, and ship them from one club to another without consent. It's uh, uh, and the players will blindly. Blindly, be, blindly held to a club for their, their life, like uh, uh, much like baseball was before they determined that was a form of modern-day slavery. So it is good that the <laughs> AFL has, uh, has kind of got to a point where players are free to move and free to uh, act out of their own self-interest. And, you yeah, to be honest, I remember I, when I, I worked at AFL.com for, for, for a number of years, back around when the trade period, also with the, with the trends, where it was free agency is what they call it, where free agency kind of came about. And I like, I was stunned at like the uproar that that about his law to do. It just ha- hasn't really been part of rugby. Like it's yeah, you know, mm. players yeah, you know, in my lifetime, players move from club to club. Players do their best, It creates an interest out of it. I, I'm I kind of surprised ten years later that there that there still is this you know, you know filthiness. Don't get me wrong, people are fil- clubs are filthy. People are filthy. Players break contract or or something like that. They leave over kind of dubious reasons. But if a player's contract is up and they go somewhere else. It's
0: really not looked, upon, not looked upon too poorly. Yeah, what what I, what I think the AFL public find it hard looking onto rugby league, and I know not everyone watches both, but we do, is that we find it hard for a rugby league player that plays out a season when he's already signed mm. or committed to a club going the, the yeah. following year. I find I find yeah, that to be spectrum. strange, yeah,
2: that that's that, part that of the culture. That is really weird. Oh, yeah. I, I agree, that is weird, but that only came about because it was, that that was going on, and I have no doubt it's going on in Aussie Rulesland as, yeah. as well. Yeah. But it just showed, just shone a, it just shone a light on on the kind of you know backroom whispers that were, were going on at the time. So uh, I don't think there is an ideal situation for it. You either yeah. you either bury your head in the sand and act like act like clubs aren't talking, haven't signed deals, and yeah. then they announce it, you know, all of a sudden uh, after the season, or you shine a light on it and kind of deal with some of this stuff. So you know I, I don't mind how it is now. It just is. A way better situation than what it was in the old days when you had uh, uh, when players knew when people fans knew to players of the for clubs, and it wasn't announced until after the season.
1: Mm. Fair enough. Yeah, Tom Lynch is probably the only player that I can really recall that everyone sort of knew who was going and leaving Gold Coast Suns, and that was probably the worst. Kept no, there's second. a few Dangerfield, yeah, Cameron.
0: Geelong aren't bad at it. You're right. It's just um, has, has know, it
2: created it's... more of an interest like in the AFL? Like, has it created like it, it seems like the off-season period in the AFL has kind of gone through, through the roof, right? Mm. Yeah, That's
1: and, true. Yeah, they've manufactured the giraffe and the trade, and I guess they've followed yeah. the NFL model when there's always sort of a story in the market. But something yeah. that uh, the NRL are dominating the AFL at is this Thursday night football top rope, and you'd play it seven My nights least. a week if if you uh, if you were steering the ship, and you'd bring back Monday night football. But I must say oh, that. Thir-
2: gee, I missed Monday night football. <laughs> oh, there was no better get-out game for the week. No matter what happened on the weekend, you still had a chance come Monday afternoon. <laughs> it was the best.
1: Oh, South Sydney, uh, my team, uh, open up against Canberra. It's away, so it's uh, South Sydney a dollar fifty against Canberra Raiders, two dollars sixty. The lines five and a half. The totals are flat forty at Top Sport. It's at Gio Stadium at Canberra. And my notes here saying, what's eating Gilbert Gray? What's happening with the milk? They are in a rut. They're sour and they're leaking like a sieve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the,
2: the milk is off. You, 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 you don't want to be off at the moment. It's. Uh, uh, they were also. I really thought last week it was a big, big bounce back situation for them, mate. Ricky Stewart had gone. You know what? I'm going to axe him. Peel some big names. Jason you know, you know, their players were quite, unquote rested, uh, and they were. They blew another lead. They blew an 18 point lead. Went down to the Cowboys, who so were no good at all. I, I'm pretty happy to be on South here. I think South are flying. I love the move, seeing Benji at 5'8", and uh, Cody Walker shifting back to fullback. A bit slow to kind of get going as the Gold Coast last week. Come back and won 40 to 30 after being down 24-6, which was one of the great backdoor covers for those on the minus 6. six six So well done, Bunnies. Oh, they, they travel well. They've they won 8 of 11 on the road off a double-digit win. So they've covered 8 of 11 on the road for a double-digit win. The Raiders are typically overpriced at home. They've covered just 14 of 36 at home. So uh, I'll, I'll be on the Bunnies. Uh, opened up minus 2.5 at 5.5 now. I'd be betting them all the way, probably down to down to six.
1: Mm. So, do you think the market's going to move? So, snap up the five and a half. Still a soft number.
2: Yeah, I think this will get to six, six and a half for sure. I think six is six is where it will settle with some bookies. I think bookies would probably rather lay the plus six and a half than than uh, the minus five and a half.
1: Mm, still some value there with South Sydney. Friday night football. Mark's team, Melbourne Storm, $1.10 over Cronulla, $7.00. The line, 17 dollars 5 The total there is 42 and a half. A little bit of a nibble for the over. That's at Amy Park. That's at 6 o'clock Friday. I keep getting stung with these 6 o'clock starts on Friday. I need to sort my shit out. Set an alarm. Yeah, well, that's what I need to do. But uh, no Pappenhausen, no worries last week. And Sharks have been a bit of a bogey side for the storm of recent times. Top rep.
2: Yeah, uh, my first inclination here was to just steam into the Storm and steam into the over. Uh, we'll still be beating both of them, but a little bit more measured now. The Sharks have won five of the last time against the Storm. One of the teams that have won the A-team over that period with a winning record against the Storm. These guys play ridiculously low-scoring games. Uh, only one of the last 11 has topped 38 points, 10-1 under over that time. So... Uh, Look, I'm back in the Storm because I think this this Sharks team is very different. They've got interim coach Josh Hannah. They've fallen off the map. They lost to the lowly, lowly Bulldogs last week in you know, a disgraceful showing. Uh, storm just kept winning, and they are really good at holding form off a of big attacking performance. So they've covered uh, nine of the first, sorry, 13 of the last 19 after scoring 36 or more points. Uh, and the over has hit in nine straight uh, Sharks in a state game. So they temp- typically. Defend a lot worse on the road, so high scorer, which suits, which plays into the storm and the minus here. So uh, I can see them kind of running roads from forty to six something like. That.
1: Mm. The other Friday night match is somewhat intriguing. It's up at Suncorp Stadium. It's the uh, the Queensland Derby or Derby. I still struggle with that one. But Gold Coast Titans a dollar twenty nine three sixty. The Broncos. The lines are flat twelve. The totals forty four and a half. Odds courtesy of topsport.com.au. Top rope thoughts there, please. Yeah, I'm I'm on the Broncos, uh, which is a bit sick to say. Uh, <laughs> what did you say the line was? It stood
2: twelve and a half. T- flat twelve. That's 12. Uh, yeah, I, I still like the Broncos. I think this is way, way, way too big. As you know, I'm very keen on, on big minises this year. That is typically the elite teams. Yeah, you're Penrith, Melbourne against the, the bottom rung teams. This is a good example of a game where i team say the Gold Coast, who may be good, but you're betting very much on potential right now. Uh, against the Broncos, who are, are pretty hopeless, but they've got some good numbers at Suncorp. They're in a good situation here. They've covered five of their last six at the ground. They've covered four straight, getting six six and a half or more. We saw them a couple of weeks against Penrith. And they are really good at home as a beating proposition, anyway, after being embarrassed. They've covered 13 of 20 at Suncorp with a loss and 8 of 12 off conceding 30 or more. So uh, Titans uncovered 39% over the last four years on the road. I will be on the Broncos. I like the halves pairing of Plus and Gamble. And Anthony Milford has a combination. I don't think there's a whole lot of talent there, but I think <laughs> they kind of match up well, Gamble organising. Uh, Milford, yeah, can be a bit more of that Mercurial runner type. So uh, I think the line is way good. I think the Broncos giving me the the stick. So I'll, I'll be on the plus and having a little bit on Brisbane head-to-head.
1: I think this is the first time in two years that you've spoken a positive word about the Brisbane
2: <laughs> oh, no, I, feel, I, feel, I, I, I don't know if I've got my hangover for the weekend yet, things are going a little awry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you need to have a shower. You are grubby. <laughs> now, Saturday afternoon, we have got a cracking match, and I sort of nearly fell off my chair. I was a bit wonky from Sunday, Anzac Day 2, but uh, I couldn't believe the betting in this one, and I couldn't believe that they were playing it up at Bathurst, Carrington Park, Bathurst. I'm talking about Penrith Panthers, $1.17 over Manly Seagulls, $5, and the line, a whopping $14.5. The total's $42.5. Odds clear to see a top sport, but. Top rope Tadeshi Manly. Is it real life or is it fantasy? That classic M that you see? Mem you see on the Twitter sphere, but this is incredible—the turnaround. Every week we come in here and watch the replays of Manly, and all Mark can say is "Turbo, Turbo," and he usually just says "Pappenhausen, Pappenhausen." But uh, Turbo, <laughs> foreign finals for Manly—they are they the smoky in the competition? All of a sudden, they just got like they—they look like they've got a new engine. They're just a new side and a new team, and I can't believe there's five dollars off the stick, and I can't believe there's fourteen and a half there. Tell me, I'm dreaming.
2: Uh I'll take this. I'll take this question in two parts, as uh, Finals definitely a smoky, um, which is great. So what about a dollar ninety-five the finals? So it's good to have a smoky. That's I'll uh, go I've got going for a dollar for me. Uh, but they could definitely come come through. I think they're a, well. They're obviously a far different team. Turbo's played two games. they won both by thirty plus. So uh, they're a different team. This is Penrith. Uh, I. I'm not jumping into either side here. Oh, I, I lead the minus only because Penrith have been so dominant over Manly historically. They've covered 12 of the last 15. They are uh, they, they flogged them a few weeks ago. Manly's run has not been against any of the elite teams. Uh, yeah, this is it's just been a situation of an elite team versus a bottom rung team for last year, So definitely leaning towards the minus. So uh, I do think there's a bet here though, and I will be on the under 43 and a half. It is a day game. It does rain a lot in Bathurst? Uh, typically, uh, pretty heavy ground there at Carrington Park. Uh, but the um, this is a big under spot for, for for Penrith. They're eleven and two under when a double digit favourite away from Penrith Stadium. Uh, mainly a four and one under when they're a double. When they're an underdog of more than two converted tries. So uh, I could see this one being a pretty kind of low scoring affair. I don't see mainly scoring many points in this one. So uh, happy to be in the under in this one.
1: When top rope tips uh, total as his best, uh, you have to listen and you have to move quick because the market moves. He, uh, He got it right last week on his Sunday game, I think it was. So make sure you write that one down and you bet as quick as you can now. There's a next, the next little segment that I'm going to talk about is lock of the week. And I tell you what, there's been some very lackluster performances. I'm playing a little bit of an edge here. I'm a, I'm the swing man here. I'm I'm playing a little bit of AFL, playing a little bit of NRL, and I am up and about. I had a four leg multi and the bombers covered i declared them i went chips in i've got two hundred dollars turned into a thousand and eighty six dollars and i'm looking at you two boys and saying what is going wrong with your lock in a week we do this lock in a week to try and get to the magical five thousand dollar mark for raise.org.au and they supply mentors for young kids and we'll be using them on our next stream so we're gonna get them the cash but uh we're, we're making it really hard work this lock of the week and you What are you guys doing? You can tip winners off the bat for your uh, for your own betting and the subs, but you just can't find a winner for charity. <laughs> Top rope, you first. What's going on?
2: I'm i disc- I'm a disgrace. <laughs> I'm an absolute disgrace. I, I was saying on the chat. Uh, yeah, I do a lot of tipping around a place. I do. do yeah, you know, I, I don't. I don't. I don't mind a little bet every now and then. I don't mind a little tipple. And there's no more pressure I feel of a week. There's nothing that gets me up at more night than this lock of the week. I'll tell you what. I feel sorry for these kids. They get nothing at the moment, absolutely nothing. And I am king grub on that front. It is appalling. <laughs> so apologies to all you children out
1: there. We're going to have to uh, donate out of our own kick. What's your <laughs> what's your excuse, Mark?
0: Uh, yeah, I'm struggling to find an excuse as well. I <laughs> uh, saw the email from Top Sports uh, during the week that said, uh, if Top Rope and I don't get going, we'll have to start chipping in our own $200. Because uh, they're, they're sick of doing <laughs> it. So, uh, oh, listen, uh, we're going to have to cheer for Scoot, even though, um, you know, we, we'll have some side business going on between the three of us. Who, uh, who actually gets there first? But uh, we need some traction in this competition because it's becoming a joke at the moment. So, it's good to see Scooty's over the thousand, and uh, it'll be interesting to see if he Can goes get- another
1: four or five leg multi and actually goes for home, or is he just going to play a straight bat this week. All right, I'll lead the way. I'll get it out of the way just to show you guys the way forward. I am going to take a two-legger. I'm going to go back into my shell. Now I've got top sports money. I'm going to take the Melbourne Storm at a dollar ten, and then I'm going to also take Port Adelaide. I've tossed and turned whether it was Geelong, whether it was Port Adelaide, but I'm going to put my pills on the line. I think Port have got Brisbane lines at the right time, so I'm going to have my 1086 at 191 uh, Melbourne Storm into Port Adelaide this week, and pray that I can uh, get close to doubling my money. I'll be staring down the barrel of 2k, and I've only got 3,000 to go to hit the magical 5k nice. mark, and That'll we'll donate it. that to raise.org.au. But uh, MJ. Who have you got this week?
0: Uh, I'm just going to start from the bottom again. I'm actually going to wait till Sunday afternoon for the Derby, and I'm just going to play West Coast uh, the minus five and a half.
1: That's it. (laughs) Two (laughs) hundred at one ninety-one. It's going to be a slow boat uh, for the charity there. Top right, Tedeschi.
2: I'm going a double. I'm going. I'm going a complete sickos double. This is. We're going to mix things up. I've taken a wrong approach. So I've tried to find something good teams. I've tried to be safe. Stuff that not working. we go got the Brisbane Broncos plus, West Tigers plus, double, about a 380 mark, just gets up.
1: Nice stuff. A couple of uh, big, big, big pluses there, top rope. Fantastic yet again, top rope, Tedeschi. I'm, uh, I'm sure you're just absolutely loving the thick of the rugby league season. And I know you secretly bet on AFL and you're enjoying that on the side as well.
2: Of course I do. I'll bet on anything, Scoot. I, I, I'll, I'll tell you a sad story, fellas. I, um, <laughs> it was Tuesday yesterday, and I think it might be the first day in maybe my living memory. I don't think I had a bet.
0: Teaching how sad is, that, how <laughs> sad is
2: that? How <laughs> sad is that? Is that because
0: is that you're too busy counting it from the weekend? Too oh, unloved. It. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it
2: was a little bit of that. It was a little bit of looking at a computer screen. It was still too soon after the vicious hangover that, that followed me through, followed me home from Sydney on the weekend. So a uh, little bit of column
1: A, little bit of column a. Fantastic stuff, Top Rope. Make sure you check out Little Birdie Shop if you want to uh, get all of Nick's action. It's a comprehensive guide to the great game of Rugby League. We've called it GGOA with Nick Tadeshi. so make sure you check that out. Big thanks, Top Rope. We'll see you next week. See you, guys. Thanks, MG. Been a really big show. Lots of highlights there. And yet again, we're just going to keep cracking in. Uh, Gee, it's it's only six weeks in the season, but gee, we've had a lot of bets. But you yeah. just got to keep bouncing through them. And for me this week, I think I'm just going to take the foot off the pedal a little bit. It's a treacherous game, a well, treacherous week of uh, of AFL. I might just shimmy across into the Rugby League, a couple of big pluses there, and jump aboard top rope Tadeshi. But uh, yeah, patience is a big thing in this game, and it's a long season. Yeah. You don't have to keep firing bullets every week, do you?
0: No, I think uh, you know, this is an important weekend, though, because we need a lot of uh, prep work and a few bullets for uh, the following week when we travel down to the bull, so... Um it's it's gonna be a big weekend into a big week next week. Uh and could make some uh Break some records in the uh, betting
1: turnover, I reckon, in the next seven days. I would have thought so. Yeah, and it's time for us probably to announce the Wednesday night we'll have uh, a little bit of a function at the Cali Hotel uh, after the races on Wednesday. So we're going to put some money behind the bar and support the pub off track there. And make sure you uh, check your emails because we're going to send out some vouchers so you'll be able to get a, uh, a free drink on Little Birdie. Uh, so make sure you check the mailing list, Little Birdie Pod. Dot com. Check out the emails that you get. Check your spam folder if uh, it's going to the junk mail, but uh, we'll try and send out a communication in the next sort of 24 hours. So on Wednesday night, if you're looking for a beer after races, MG will be there. There'll be some beanies um, and make sure you get around it. We won't, or well, I personally won't be at the bull, but uh, we're happy to put some money over the bar and make sure the punters have a bit of a drink on us after the bull. It's been a big show. Yep. That's where the punning gods be with us this weekend. Yeah, we are the friends of the punters. And make sure you follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We're on SoundCloud and we're on YouTube, Little Birdie TV. Check us out. Good luck at the bull next week. And we'll be back into it. I think we're going to do a Monday show next week. So we'll review and preview all the rounds of AFL before we get to next week's matches and before Mark gets down to the bull. See you guys.